he talked to me. He said, Grandma, he goes, I think I'm going to have to get something. You know, he says, I, you know, for his nerves and stuff. He said, because I keep having nightmares. And I told him, I said, you know, you're going to have to stop and think about it as a different way. You know, you was your daddy's hero. Welcome to The Lawless Files. I'm your host, Bob Miller. Several weeks ago, we profiled a case where a mother from Butler County, Missouri, had to drain a pond to retrieve the remains of her murdered son. That mother's name is Connie Goodwin. Her son's name was Edward Goodwin. And this is an update to that episode. If you recall, Connie helped lead authorities to sources and tips that ultimately solved her son's case. In the course of that investigation, however, police and prosecutors struck deals with the two suspects. One suspect got 18 years, the other got 12. Connie was happy with neither of those outcomes. These men allegedly shot Edward, then tied concrete blocks to him and dumped his body in a small lake. A portion of Edward's body, a few bones, were retrieved at the shallow end of the lake thanks to a tip received by the family, which led to the partial draining of the lake. But authorities at the time did not drain the entire lake, nor did they find all of Edward's body. They only found portions of his leg bones. Eventually, as part of the plea agreement with Edward's killers, one of the suspects agreed to tell authorities where they could find the rest of Edward's remains. The suspect told them they could find the rest of the body at the deep end of the lake where he was dumped. The suspect told him that his body had been weighted down with concrete blocks. After years of trying to get the sheriff's department, or someone, anyone, to drain the pond so they could retrieve the rest of Edward's body, Connie and her family decided to do it themselves a few months ago. This was back in September. The sheriff, Mark Dobbs, had told Connie that he would drain the lake, but there was always an excuse for not doing it. And so, tired of waiting, Connie's family got the job done. They rented a sump pump, and a few hours later, Connie's grandson along with the help of coroner Jim Akers, pulled more of Edward's skeletal remains from the muddy bottom of that lake. That included the skull and rib cage, the bones of his lower legs, and his arms and shoulders. Edward's body was cremated. The urn with Edward's ashes are at Connie's home now. Edward is finally resting in peace. But Connie is not. She has chosen not to move on quietly. She reminds her Facebook following, fairly often, of the horror that she and her family endured that day when she had to drain the pond. It's her right to fight back, not just as the mother of a murder victim, but as a U.S. citizen. She has every right to use her free speech to air her grievances against the government. The sheriff is the government. He's an elected official, the top law enforcement officer in the county, whose salary is paid for by the public's taxpayer dollars. I don't think Connie's ready to forgive the sheriff, who she blames for putting her family through all that trauma. But Mark Dobbs, the sheriff, isn't asking for forgiveness either. Quite the opposite, in fact. I think most of us can empathize with Connie. She couldn't stand the thought of her child's remains tied to concrete blocks in the bottom of that lake, not far from where she lives. I think most of us can kind of connect with her on that level. I don't think any of us can really understand what it must be like to wade out through the mud and pull out a parent's bones. That's what Gage Goodwin did that day. 
None of us can really understand what it was like for Connie to watch that happen from the bank of the pond. It's unimaginable. And so I think most of us can understand the anger associated with these moments. That should not have been the job of the family to do that. I don't know what I would do after that moment. I don't know that most of us would do what Connie is doing. But some of us might. And that is to remind people day after day what Sheriff Mark Dobbs made her and her family do. Whether it was Dobbs' job to drain that pond or not, he told her he would. And he did not. Nor did he seek the help of any other department associated with the county to help this family. Now, having gone through this entire episode, Connie is on a crusade to make sure that Dobbs is not re-elected. She wants him out. Connie is one of a handful of people who are bringing problems with law enforcement in Butler County, including deaths at the jail, to the public's attention. Thousands have taken notice, as has Sheriff Dobbs. And this is where we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode. Sheriff Dobbs' department recently arrested a man for making a threat against the sheriff. And then the sheriff brought Connie's name into it. After that threat was made, the sheriff used his social media to counterattack Connie Goodwin and others. If you've purchased an access pass at thelawlessfiles.com, you might have already read my blog on this, but I thought I'd do a bonus episode on this bizarre public communication from the sheriff of Butler County. On December 16th, a person using a fake profile sent a message to Sheriff Dobbs. It read, quote, We know you steal from us. We know how crooked you are. We know you sit on your fat ass and do nothing all day while people die on your hands. I see you family too. It'd be a shame. You don't know what I look like or my name, but I know what you look like and your name and where you live, sleep, where you feel safe. Everyone doesn't like you. Everyone wants you to disappear. Watch your fucking back, Mark. Unquote. Clearly, this is off the rails. This is the kind of threat and rhetoric that cannot be tolerated. So the sheriff's detective was able to track down the fake account through photos of a truck posted on the account. An arrest was made of Keegan Browning. The probable cause stated that, quote, Browning admitted to sending threatening messages to Sheriff Dobbs. Browning stated he did not know Sheriff Dobbs personally, but became very angry after watching corrupt cop videos on Facebook and other social media sites. Browning stated he watched the video of Connie Goodwin and draining of a pond for a family member's remains. Browning stated that he did not like how Sheriff Dobbs was answering comments on the video and decided to direct message him on Facebook Messenger. Browning also made the statement in his interview that he gets very angry and cannot control himself sometimes when he views videos on social media, end quote. Browning was given a $100,000 bond. Now, Connie Goodwin doesn't know Keegan Browning. Browning clearly took his anger too far. He was irresponsible with his words, beyond irresponsible. And he is facing legal consequences set in motion by Dobbs. But Dobbs didn't leave it at that. He didn't let the news article he shared stand on its own. Instead, he took to social media and he used threatening language against Connie Goodwin and others who are posting critical commentary on social media. This is what Dobbs wrote, quote, So I've bit my tongue as a professional way too long, 
This situation is a direct result from the rhetoric and lies that are spread on social media by folks like Connie Goodwin and the liberal nutjobs that constantly make dishonest videos and posts about local law enforcement. People with anger issues see this garbage and it sets them off. If something would have happened to my family, there would be no mercy for those who incited this stupidity, and I'm not talking about the legal system. Unquote. Essentially what Dobbs was saying is that he would show no mercy and go outside the legal system vigilante style. If someone were to harm the sheriff or his family, he would blame those who are exercising their First Amendment rights to criticize the government. This does not sound like a man who stands for law and order. I'd like to point out as a matter of reference, when I covered the Michelle Lawless murder in Scott County, when Rick Walter was examining that case, he obtained a recording of one of the murder suspects threatening his life. And he took that recording to the prosecutor who did not file charges, but told him that it was simply the danger of taking on the job of sheriff. But in this case, in Butler County, an investigation ensued immediately and charges were filed after an investigation. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So Browning, who made the threat but has no previous criminal history on CaseNet, is facing felony harassment in the first degree. Here is how the statutes define felony harassment in the first degree. A person commits the offense of harassment in the first degree if he or she, without good cause, engages in any act with the purpose to cause emotional distress to another person, and such act does cause such person to suffer emotional distress. So I'm going to read the sheriff's quote again. Quote, So I've bit my tongue as a professional way too long. This situation is a direct result from the rhetoric and lies that are spread on social media by folks like Connie Goodwin and the liberal nutjobs that constantly make dishonest videos and posts about local law enforcement. People with anger issues see this garbage and it sets them off. If something would have happened to my family, there would be no mercy for those who incited this stupidity, and I'm not talking about the legal system person with the authority to put someone in jail is attacking the mother of a murder victim who drained the pond that he refused to drain. And he said if something happened to his family, he'd go after Goodwin or others. He'd show no mercy in doing so. So I would pose this question, food for thought, just something to think about. Were the sheriff's statements made with the purpose to cause emotional distress to another person? It certainly did cause Connie Goodwin emotional distress. But Dobbs didn't stop with this main comment that was added in addition to the news article that he shared. He also wrote a comment in the comment section where another person wrote, quote, If I were in your position, I'd have made a public statement about whose job it is to drain a pond once a criminal investigation has concluded and a case has already been closed. She seems to be quite unaware of these facts and someone needs to tell her and anyone who's listened to her before her rhetoric gets someone hurt, unquote. The sheriff replied to that comment, Yes, 
what that person forgets to tell anybody is that we put people in prison for them and it's not my job to find every bone of a murdered drug dealer. I did my job and I did it well. So did my people. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. And I laid out some of this in my blog. You can find that at www.thelawlessfiles.com and you have to be a paid access supporter. But Connie's pursuit to have this pond drained happened while the investigation was still active. She has screenshots of messages from the sheriff promising to do that work. And he did not fulfill that promise. And as I said in our previous episode, this was an inexpensive task. It took a few hours. Even if the investigation had concluded, the sheriff could have and should have simply done the job. No one would have begrudged the labor and cost of helping Connie Goodwin get her son's remains. A good sheriff would live up to the word that he gave to this mother. And for the record, if you listened to the previous episode, Connie Goodwin does give credit. He's saying that Connie Goodwin forgets to tell anybody that we put people in prison for them. I mean, she didn't neglect to tell me that. She, she told all of us that her son's killers were sentenced. She wasn't happy with the plea deals, but that's, an, that's clearly an inaccurate statement that the sheriff shared there on social media. It's just not true. Then we have this issue of the sheriff speaking ill of the dead. Now, from a legal standpoint, you can't slander the deceased. But the sheriff is certainly trying to run Edward's name into the ground as a way to explain away his callousness to the Goodwin family. Dobbs said it's not his responsibility to find every bone of a murdered drug dealer. No evidence that I've seen, or at least that Connie has seen, has ever been presented that Edward was dealing drugs. No evidence that I'm aware of was presented in court that Edward was killed over a drug deal. To Connie's knowledge, the only person who has ever claimed that Edward was a drug dealer is the sheriff himself. Now, Edward was known to use marijuana, but as far as Connie knew, Edward wasn't into anything harder than that. In fact, statements delivered by witnesses in the case point toward a conflict over a woman as the motive behind the killing, not drugs. So it appears Sheriff Dobbs has made vigilante threats to the mother of a murder victim and others who are critical of Dobbs, saying he'd show no mercy and go outside the legal system if anything happened as a result of their freedom of speech. So it appears Sheriff Dobbs has made vigilante threats to the mother of a murder victim and others who are critical of Dobbs, saying he'd show no mercy and go outside the legal system if anything happened as a result of their freedom of speech. He then went on to further disparage the murder victim, saying he was a drug dealer, knowing this is a pain point for Connie Goodwin. There are multiple layers to this. Dobbs' social media posts are without question, in my mind, meant to chill free speech. But beyond that, Dobbs still fails to see the human side of this. Connie didn't start out being some sort of political opponent. Connie is a mother who lost a son. Connie is a mother who could not put her son's body to rest for years. Connie was looking for compassion and help. Instead, she got nothing. And now she's angry. Again, because there's a human side to this. So what if, for the sake of argument, Edward was a drug dealer? Is that all he is to Dobbs? Is he still not a person? Is Connie still not a grieving mother? Is Gage still not a grieving son? 
who had to trudge the bottom of the lake to pull his father's bones? There is a human element to this far beyond a legal one. And rather than Dobbs assessing the issues that are fanning this resentment, he has only provided more fuel. A Class E felony can result in up to four years of incarceration. I think it's very unlikely that Keegan Browning will serve that much time, but judges tend to issue harsher sentences on crimes perpetuated against police officers. But bottom line here, we have two people making threats on social media. One is a man who made a fake social media account to try to make an anonymous threat against the local sheriff. And the other is the most powerful law enforcement officer in the county, saying he'll show no mercy to those who dare to oppose him if his family is harmed by a lunatic. One of these people was issued a $100,000 bond. The other was issued a gun, a badge, and a budget provided by the taxpayers of Butler County. I'm your host, Bob Miller. Thank you for listening to The Lawless Files. Lawless Files is a production of Leadhound Publishing, LLC. It's written, edited, and hosted by yours truly, Bob Miller. Music by Tyler Grafe. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.